Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. This week, we're discussing positive changes. Yes, but before we get into that, at the end of every episode, we set a mission for ourselves. Uh, last time, our mission was to try to catch yourself when you're speaking negatively and take the opportunity to reframe. So, Brianna, how did that go for you? I had an opportunity and I did it. Yay. So (laughs) I feel like I can say it went well. Um, So I had an opportunity this week where I I, um, actually got out and did some fun stuff. uh, And I was in a, you know, like a small group of people that I didn't know, which can be a little, uh, can be sometimes... I mean, not challenging. That's that's a dramatic characterization. But um, so what I found was I started feeling very. I started feeling a little bit less than not very. I started feeling less than like I didn't I wasn't measuring up in some way. And I found myself just starting to get a little bit judgy about some of the folks in the group. And then I thought, what are you doing? I don't, you know, I don't do this anymore and there's no reason for me to feel less than. So I took that opportunity to reframe it into, (laughs) I don't think I said what a wonderful opportunity to myself. I just, you know, took a moment to examine, okay, what's going on here? And then just took a minute to just figure out like, oh, that's just a story that you're telling yourself that isn't true. Uh, remember and you know I had to remember a couple gave myself the opportunity to just kind of remember a couple things that I like new experiences I'm so excited to meet new people and I am just fine actually I'm better than fine god I can't even (laughs) I can't even be super positive all all the time see everybody it's it's a but you recognize the opportunity right there as it happened. You actually did the mission in that most in that minute. I'm pointing right. it out. Yeah. So there's there are tons of opportunities to practice. So I feel like it went well. How did it go for you? I feel like this is one of those instances where the mission works me mm. because I have been having um, a hormonal time lately. I'll just put it out there like that. Ladies <laughs> in the audience, you know, gentlemen feel squeamish if you may. But I am in the midst of working on book four and my goal is to get the book done early instead of at the absolute last possible moment because the last few times I've you know had to stay up for 30 hours and do a mm-hmm. couple you know it, it's been it's been harrowing toward the end. Excitement abounds uh, and a bit of stress that I would like to not revisit. So I have my heart set on moving forward and getting things done. And I've started to put out accountability. Long story longer, the book is going slower than I'd hoped, as it does every time. I'm a person who has a very optimistic view on the amount of time things takes, and then I have to readjust that thinking. And so this week, I was very intermittently sad and depressed and... um, disappointed because a lot of the loftier word counts that I'd wanted, I wanted 10K in a day and I didn't get it. And some of my optimistic goals about getting done three weeks in advance Mm. may not come to be. And then it took me a while 
I didn't catch it exactly in the moment, um, but I did come around to realizing that the positive expectation I have is that this will be done earlier than any other book uh, and considerably earlier when you consider like a lot of the other times, the earliness has been like nine hours before the drop dead <laughs> deadline. Like literally <laughs> Amazon is counting down. You have nine hours and 23 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I've actually, I've had books where I'm writing the ending like an hour and 15 minutes before the book is about to come out. And I have pre-orders ready to go and people waiting for that book, like mm -hmm. really cutting it close. So the idea that I might lose out on being three weeks early and end up with just two and a half or two weeks or even a week early is literally my brain went, wait, that's, that's like 20 to 200 times more, <laughs> you know, like I didn't do the accurate math, but I was like, that was, that is way earlier than you've ever done it before. So you are, I'm behind schedule. If I look at it as um, I'm behind schedule of being very, very, very early for me, um, but I'm ahead of schedule from where I'd normally be. And this is a longer book and I'm turning it around in a shorter time. And so when I was able to do that, I felt a lot better. Mm, I love that. And yes, it, it's so great to be able to take a minute and, and recognize uh, like really get a good picture of where you actually are to then have that opportunity to reframe, you know, that, that negative thought. I love that. That's so great. I think, and it takes us really nicely into what we're talking about this week, and that's just discussing positive changes. So this is uh, one of the topics that you suggested, Christy. So when we talk about those positive changes, what does that mean for you? Okay. I suggested this topic because one, it's kind of what you and I have been doing for a while. We've been doing some, some fasting challenges. We've both been working on our health and we've invested in workout equipment and all kinds of cool stuff. I'll let you talk about yours should you care to. Uh, however, there used to be a time in my life when I thought a positive change meant this time everything is going to be different. Mm. And I would just make over every single aspect of my life at once. And I get really hyped up for it. And I would dream big and have a positive expectation. And I would do all of these tools that we have. And I would, I would be so desperate to change everything about myself, Brianna, that I would fall apart by day five or worse. Sometimes I would say I was going to start everything different at like eight o'clock or six o'clock or five o'clock in the morning. And, I, and, and I'm not, keep in mind my regular schedule right now, and this is me being better than I was, is 5 a.m. to noon, approximately. When I used to stay up to like, I could be up at any time. Like, you know me, you've known me for years. You could be like, oh, I would, I would wake up just before we sometimes would record the podcast at four. Like we mm -hmm. had to start recording the podcast at four because it was getting too hard for me to record it at two in the afternoon, my time. That is how. So now I'm on a regular schedule of 5 a.m. to noon. And I, I started to embrace that the way for me to make positive changes in my life is to heroicize in my mind incremental progress and in seeing how the mechanism of change works. And so that's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about what does it look like to institute and attempt to institute 
uh, positive change in your life? And, and how is it done? Because I really believe that if I want to live the life of my dreams, and if you do too, the way to do it is to embrace change and understand that it will and can be uncomfortable. And that's what's great about it. Mm. Wow. I love that. I, you know, I appreciate hearing you talk about it being incremental, uh, that it's uncomfortable. And what I also heard you talk about in there is, um, you know, that we have to identify, you know, be willing to really take a look at ourselves and identify some of the, identify and accept some things about ourselves. So as far as you were talking about your sleep schedule and how that has, that was maybe, um, I should say that how you've changed that and then, you know, and I know because we talk all the time, how that has been been effective and beneficial for you in making some other changes. And I just, I really appreciate hearing, you know, incremental, it can be uncomfortable and we have to identify just some things about ourselves. Um, because I feel like, um, I mean, I feel like I'm going to say kind of the same thing because we've been working on this uh, together for for a couple of years now, which is just crazy to even think about. And what I find is I was the same thinking, okay, I'm going to, I found this one thing and it's going to be the thing that changes everything, which I understand now is probably not realistic because, um, you know, maybe for some people that that happens, but it just hasn't been my experience. And so I did have to come to an understanding that, first of all, change can take time. Uh, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Change for me takes time. And it's, how do I want to, how do I explain? So for me, what I've noticed then is I have to you know, as you were talking about change being incremental, I have to be able to see the change, the, I have to have my eyes on the incremental change when it happens to be able to get me, to be able to get me to the next increment. That makes sense. Because I feel like, you know, in having that sense of this one thing is going to change everything, or I need to get from A to Z, and I'm only ever focused on Z or that final outcome that I have in my head, I miss, I would in the past, miss along the way, the little bitty changes, the little incremental changes that I was making that were getting me to where I needed to go. But because I was only focused on, you know, that end outcome, I wasn't really acknowledging the changes or those wins that I was having. And so I would, I guess, tell myself, well, I'm, I'm, it's not working. I'm failing at this. And then I would just, you know, whatever that, that thing was, I would uh, drop it. And I think the difference and what I've been experiencing over these last couple of years is I'm getting much better at recognizing the incremental positive changes that I've made. And I've also let go of being so focused on that end outcome and recognizing that just doing the thing to bring about some kind of change, some kind of positive change is in and of itself 
enough. Yes, I love that. Because the whole point behind positive changes in your life is that we get to be the person in our hearts that we've always longed to be. You know, as a kid, I I remember reading about, this is going to make me sound conceited, but I'll be honest. I remember reading about like figures in history and philosophers and writers. I remember reading that William Blake um, had um, tuberculosis and uh, one of you know, my mom had tuberculosis and I, I was exposed to tuberculosis and that's kind of an unusual experience, but I was like, wow, I'm like William Blake and that, you know, we both have, you know, possible diseased lungs. Um, he died. I'm fine. Mine's latent. It's not real tuberculosis, but you know, when you're a kid, I mean, it's real enough, right? You know, the test, mm -hmm. let's get off the tuberculosis. But the point being as a kid, <laughs> I was always drawing parallels between me and important people like I went and I, I've always been of the opinion which I know seems strange even as a kid that I came from the right background in that I had not so much money that I was like spoiled but I didn't have too little money in my life or resources so that I wasn't beaten down by the world mm -hmm. I had the right amount of adversity for greatness is how I'd always thought and I thought for sure that I would write an amazing book or be an amazing musician, I would get into the perfect college, uh, that somehow my macaroni star meant 2.29% financing for me. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that on like a car commercial, that was something that responsible people had. So I'm sure that the excellent I got on my macaroni star, and obviously I finished all of my timetables first, the world would be mine, Brianna. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was so certain of that. And as I grew older, uh, as puberty set in, and as the disappointments of life started to hit me, when people didn't like me, when people thought I was really, literally called me ugly, when I was bullied, when I didn't react to the bullying and those setbacks, I was, I was genuinely taken aback, Brianna, when I didn't handle life's challenges triumphantly like a character in a movie. I got really sad and uh, made a lot of weird credit choices in my early 20s that were completely irresponsible, mm -hmm. made a lot of bad dating choices that I wouldn't have foreseen. Young me would have been like, we didn't think we were going to do this. And, and as life wore on me, I started to worry that the person who I dreamed of being was fading. Mm. And every time in the past that I tried to enact a positive change, my expectations for what I had to be in order to get there because time was running out, especially when you're young. Uh, by the way, just a little hint if you're young, you don't have to worry about building patience as you get older, time fast passes faster. So it, it's the same amount of emotional patience is required. <laughs> don't, don't believe people like you've got to be patient. They're just old. They're just old. And so a week feels like a day and a half, maybe an hour. <laughs> All right. They're not, they're not, they're not what they're pretending to be. I know. Um, Cause now I can have a two year plan, Brianna, because I still think 2010 was recent. Did you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 12 years ago. Each time I'm like, what? I need to get more patience. Time just moved by faster. Uh, my point being though, because I felt like everything was running out and that I inherently wasn't enough, 
I used to try to make these these giant sweeping changes. And I'm not saying that that isn't possible. I'm saying that it, it doesn't have to be that way. If you don't have it in you to do that, there's a hope that changing your trajectory, even just a little bit, even if you start, like, I realize that in all of our fasting that we've done, Brianna, mm-hmm. that the, all I've managed to do in the last 90 days is not gain weight faster. <laughs> um, you're like, I feel like I'm turned around in the right direction. I said, I feel like I'm not speeding in the wrong direction as quickly. <laughs> but I, there's an opportunity to get off this freeway and turn it around. And you know what, Brianna? That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine because I developed some tools. Like I used to think because I got caught up in buying some weird thing that I thought was going to change everything and it didn't. That I was like, I just wasted all that money. But then weirdly, like years later, I'm like, I have a treadmill. Let me pull <laughs> that out. Like you, before you know it, you have resources um, at your disposal that you've slowly built it's sort of like a, um, I was never into like fantasy games, but I do love the concept where you're going on a quest and maybe, mm-hmm. or in a MacGyver-like way, you're throwing stuff into your backpack just because the changes, the result of those little tiny changes and those things that you've tried haven't all come together. Know this, it doesn't have to. Little by little, brick by brick, even if you haven't seen the result yet, can still be happening and there is a lot of hope there Mm. don't be discouraged Mm. i love that i love it because you know when you were talking about that what it makes me think of in you know it is i feel silly saying it because it feel it it's a cliche but i really feel like you know, talking about the incremental change, talking about the things that we have done that maybe didn't work out the way we thought they would, or we can't quite see how that's going to help us along. I really think what, you know, in looking at uh, making positive changes or just looking at positive changes, it for me, I've really come to understand that phrase or cliche that it's about the journey which just saying it makes me cringe a little bit in my tummy because um, it just, it does, you know, I feel like in the past I've, I've encountered that maybe coming at me in, in a little bit more of a um, kind of like a cop out or like a, don't worry about it. It's, a, it's about the journey, you know, in that voice. <laughs> oh yeah. I hate that voice. Yes. <laughs> But what I, similar to what I was, you know, saying before, I do really think what I hear, you know, in what you're sharing is it really is about the, you know, the things that we do along the way. That's, to, for my experience, that's how I get to the positive change. Even if things don't work out or if they don't work out the way I thought or if I think I failed at it or when I when it goes great, because I feel like I talk a lot about the, when it doesn't. So when it goes great, all of it, like you said, goes into that knapsack and I'm taking it along with me to the next thing, to the next increment or the next step along this journey. And I feel like I have a better sense of, I have a better 
I, I feel like at this point, I am able to be more present as I'm trying to make change. I'm not stuck in the past of when things, you know, getting caught up in maybe when things didn't work out or getting caught up in sort of trying to re almost like relive something positive, but it's, it's, it's not actually getting me where I want to go. Like I'm kind of caught up in that memory uh, or hoping or wishing maybe things were the way they used to be in some instances. So instead I feel like what is, or what has rather been very helpful is being present to right now. What am I doing right now to bring about this positive change? As you were talking about before, I'm not, yes, I've got a, like a, my peripheral vision maybe is, at least I feel like I'm pointed in the right direction, or maybe my peripheral vision is noticing where I want to go. But right now, I just have to figure out how to take this next step or actually I just need to figure out where the next step is going to be and as we've been working on things you know for what like the last two and a half years when I've had the most um, positive outcomes of what I'm trying to do or when I've you know succeeded the most I guess is when I'm look you know when I have this outcome or this thing in mind but I've stepped it out I've identified, okay, well, I need to do this, I need to do this, and I need to do that. Because what I found is then if this one part, like this one step or this one increment doesn't go right, I have a much better and easier time making a slight tweak to keep me on the right path than I have in the past when I, when I, I'm just kind of winging it. <laughs> I have a tendency to like to wing it. Um, and then, you know, I don't, I can't, I'm, I'm too far in the past or I'm too, I'm just not being very present to see what about this moment right now is making this not work or what in this moment is not working. I can't see that because I'm not present. And so it all falls apart. And then I end up, you know, it either takes me a really long time to get back on track or I just have abandoned, <laughs> just totally abandoned things um, that maybe I didn't need to. Yes, I, oh my God, there was so much in there that I like, my brain is going in a million places. I will say that at the beginning, we're talking about the journey and John Lennon once said, life happens when you're busy making other plans. And mm. one of the things that I have a tendency to do, according to Clifton Strengths, is I'm a number one futuristic. And a lot of times when I'm not happy with my present, I will just look to the future as a way to inspire myself to keep going. Right. And that's great. But other times I forget to enjoy what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And I really feel like a lot of times I don't ask myself the right questions when I'm trying to implement change. I think one of my biggest optical obstacles, even in recent history, in the last couple of years, as a grown-up person, I think um, one of the tools I've started to use is to embrace who I am in these last couple of years mm -hmm. instead of who I think I should be. Oof. And just understanding that my old version of trying to change was just stop it. Be different now, Christy. Just do it. Do you know what I mean? And um, 
you know, that sort of, <laughs> that sort of mother trying to get a toddler to behave in public kind mm-hmm. of tension and, um, or just come on, you can do it. Just be different. And that's, that's incredibly vague. You know, mm-hmm. when I, we talk about positive changes, you want to know how to do it, do it. And I'll tell you how to do it. You got to look at yourself and figure out what do I do? No, 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 no. And you might think you know what you do, but really take the time to see what you truly do. I'll give you a minor, minor example. I have a desk that I inherited, right? Because I'm not the kind of person who's had a lot of resources to buy furniture. And this particular desk is like a really cool glass desk in that it's ergonomically designed and it's pricey and I would have never picked, but it doesn't have a drawer, Brianna. And my Mm -hmm. stuff management system is bad. And so my desk would just get messier and messier and messier and it it would breed a lot of chaos. And as a, as a consequence, everything in my, as one thing was, everything was. And my stuff management has never been all that keen. Here's one thing I realized. In order for me to manage my things, I need to have less things. Okay, period. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of people who can collect stuff. And my friend Chris has like this gorgeous, like you go into one of his guest bathrooms and there's this really cool like metal thing that he had cut and he puts all of these magnets from everywhere that he's been. And it's like, it looks so cool. And all I can think of is, I would have I would have bought the metal and then all of these things would be scattered like he can actually handle stuff and organizing stuff and put it in a way that looks nice. Um you can give me four pieces of paper and a pen and I can make a disaster. It's <laughs> It's it's amazing how I can just do that. I remember training for a job and they gave us like this uh packet and a folder and I looked over and the other girls area was totally clean and my half of the desk and portion like we're sharing a table and it was kind of creeping in her area and I was like how is it that all your papers are organized because mine were all over the place I got every question right I participated I did all of that stuff but my area was a disaster and she's like I don't know every time we go to another piece of paper I just put the other one away and I went I in order for my brain to do that Brianna I'd have to keep that top of mind Mm -hmm. like it's just not like some people just do that. Long story, even longer. I looked at my desk. I thought, you need a drawer. And at first I thought I had to buy a whole desk, but I was like, I can't afford. And I know I'm not going to, all the cheap ones you have to put together yourself. <laughs> we know me. I threw a party once to get somebody to put together an Ikea bookcase for me because I knew he would. I just left it strategically propped up in the living room next to the food. And thank you, Joe Wilson. Thank you. Um, That was, (laughs) I threw the party hoping that would be, it's easier for me to throw a party than put together a Billy bookcase. It just (laughs) doesn't work. My mom watched me put together a three-piece hamper for 40 minutes and I put it together backwards. Okay. It is just, oh, I can say I should be able to do it. And I could do it, Brianna. Oh. I could put together a Billy bookcase. I'm not being negative. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's going to be harder uh-huh. than getting Joe Wilson to come to a party and do it. Okay. <laughs> and that was way more fun. Um, and by the way, he enjoyed it and everybody appreciated his skills. It was just a good thing. So what did I do? I had to figure out what can I do? I'm not going to get a desk. I was like, can you just buy a drawer? Turns out, yes, you can. And I was like, but the drawer that I want to buy is like just a wooden drawer for $40. And I was like, 
so you're just going to live with your desk being a mess because you feel like a drawer should only be like, and I, and I knew if I had a box with a lid, forget it. I'm never lifting that lid. I want something. So I bought the drawer and then I was like, okay, this is saving a lot of life to have a drawer on the desk. And then I was like, but all I have are these papers, Brianna. I told you, I call them my murder boards, but they're really just magnetic whiteboards. I've got one behind the door, one over here. And then I bought a bunch of, uh, uh, whiteboard sticky magnets and I put those all over uh, I have them like in a stack and I use them to take notes and then I throw them up on the the board whenever I want it and I now only take notes freehand in my iPad and so I eliminated paper so I don't have to save that paper because there's one thing I like on it mm. and 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 my desk has been clean Every night I clean my desk and I, and, and the clutter bug lady on YouTube told me to call it resetting. I mm -hmm. reset my desk, you know, like I'm, like I'm, like I'm making a set for a, the play that is my life as a writer, right? So it's been clean every night. And the key to making the change is accepting, yes, you could do that, but will you do it? Mm -hmm. There's what you could do. There's what you should do. And there's what's like you're most likely going to do. Mm -hmm. And I find if I can figure out a solution that is in the realm of what I most likely am going to do, then I will do it. Mm -hmm. And so the key, know yourself, accept yourself, love yourself, and figure out a plan. And don't be afraid of having to try multiple plans until you get it right. It's perfectly okay. Invest in you. Mm. I love all of that. And yes, I absolutely appreciate the discussion on self-awareness and how, how vital and helpful and encouraging and just how much easier it can make things when we have an awareness of ourselves and the things that, as you said, that we we are most likely to do. And I think what that what you shared really highlights is also in that self awareness is for me. Um, I think it makes me think of not getting caught up in the way that somebody else is going to do it. Oh, yes, because for me, making a positive change has you know sometimes where I get derailed is trying to do it exactly like imaginary person, you, anybody who's like kind of in my circle, like, oh, I heard so-and-so did it this way and that's the way I have to do it. But they're not me <laughs> and they have different skills. They have a different outlook. They're just different. And maybe I can take something from what, you know, someone else has done uh, and try it out if I feel like it's, it's actually going to work for me. But I feel over time, you know, what I've learned over time rather is I get a little bit too caught up or I have gotten a little too caught up in doing it like, you know, like the way so-and-so does it is the only way out there. And it reminds me a little bit of my grandma. My grandma was a wonderful, incredible cook, incredible baker. And more so when she would cook than bake, because uh, you can be a little more forgiving with cooking. But she would, you know, she'd find a recipe or she'd get a recipe for someone and then she would do something to, and I'm using air quotes here, to make it her own, right? So she'd throw in an extra spice, she'd do a different vegetable, 
whatever, but now it's her recipe. Um, and I feel like, you know, taking that example and bringing it over to my own life that I can, uh, of course, I can learn from other people, uh, other avenues, I love to learn. And I can take what works and leave the rest. And I feel like that has been an incredible lesson for me in, in being able to more consistently make positive changes uh, and make positive changes that last because I'm not getting, because what I found then is if I'm trying to do it the way someone else does, and of course, if that's just not going to be the best way for me, rather than recognizing that, I get very, I would, I have rather gotten caught up in that negative self-talk of like, well, then there must be something wrong with me that I can't do it this way or that I can't do it like, um, I can't, I can't do my desk reset like Christie's. So there's, there's probably, there's something wrong with me. And um, it's funny that you talk about the drawer because you know, I also got the drawer and I will tell you, my drawer is empty. (laughs) (laughs) I have not taken the time to slim down my paper situation. I have not even given the time to figure out what's going to go in that drawer. I will tell you though, it has helped me because my phone now on my desk goes on there so it's giving me a little more space on my desk to put stuff <laughs> so you mean on top of the drawer because the yeah. drawer top you can put them you can put the monitor on or you can yeah you can do what you like and i have put my phone there and made some more space for myself so ta-da <laughs> but you know, I could have been like, oh man, I'm not, I, oh, Christy's doing this reset and she says it's working so great for her. And, you know, I still got these two piles of my, oh, whatever. I did what I did. I did what I needed to do. I felt great about it. End of story. I am really happy with that change. At some point I might find, you know, I might find the time in my day to do some more, um, you know, sifting. Uh, sifting and and purging of whatever I have on my desk. It just isn't a priority. And I'm fine with the, you know, ultimately at this point, I'm fine with the way it is. I'm excited that the drawer is there when I decide I need it. I'm happy with my phone situation. That's the way the change worked for me. And it's, it's, it's coming to that recognition or coming to that understanding that I get to decide. Like I get to decide what works for me. I get to decide how I feel about it. And, you know, when I'm not caught up in all of that negative self-talk and the shooting all over myself, uh, the, the, the changes, the changes seem to come faster or I am more quickly able to identify, oh, this isn't working. I need to tweak this and let's try it again. Yes, because there used to be a time when I would try to enact a solution because I, you know, one of the great resources to see how other people did it. I think that's a really great thing. The problem that I used to have with it was when somebody enacted a change and I saw how successful they were and they shared their whole system and I would take on that system and I could not implement that particular system toward that solution and that change, I would look at it as I was wrong instead Mm -hmm. of thinking that this system isn't right for me. Mm -hmm. It isn't right for me. It doesn't mean it can't be. And and it it makes sense because I'm a different person than that person. And so one of the things that I learned from Becca Syme, who is um, 
a Clifton Strengths quote, uh, coach specifically for writers is a thing that she calls question the premise. And one of the things she wants you to do is when experts are talking, they're talking from their point of view and their experience and their strengths. And a lot of times their assuredness that they are correct and this is the one and only way is only true if you're like them. And so one of the things mm-hmm. I started to realize is when I was taking advice, I had to say, but but is it? Is that true? Is that person like me? I don't know. Let me give it a try. And, and and really recognize that just because I can't make it work doesn't mean I'm wrong. And I used to take that very personally. I used to feel like I was a failure. And instead, what I've started to really adopt, and it's the same thing I do with um with all the changes I'm making now, is I've decided that I'm an experiment right? And it's an experiment of one. And I am trying to find what works, what, you know, come here quickly, Watson. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to make this phone work um, or the Edison. uh, I haven't failed trying to, what is it, make a light bulb or something? I've only just found like a hundred and some odd ways it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And, And as I try different things, as I try to make different solutions happen for me, I start to get a vibe of what type of stuff, do you know what I mean? Doesn't work for me. Um, one of the really cool things, and you and I talked about it, was there's a lady on YouTube, and YouTube and Reddit and all these places online, like, learn to ask for help. And and then really, when you get advice, filter that advice. Is this for me? Is it not for me? Let me try. But one of the things that was really interesting was this clutterbug lady on YouTube was saying, are you a micro organizer? Are you a macro organizer? Like she had different types of organization. And one of the things that I thought I had to be was one of those people who had like everything labeled. Like when you see those people who are amazingly organized, I thought that's what organization looked like. But she said there are people who are macro organizers where you're better off as long as you have like a big drawer to just throw it in or a box or a bag or something to get it out of the way. You're fine with just tossing it back into that big thing and rummaging through it later. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. I could do that. To me, that's less because me trying to put a very particular thing in a very particular place, that just overwhelms me because then I have to assign the particular place and I've got to do this. So right now, like I have all of my markers and pens and you know, stuff for my nails and my combs. I have them all in one little, um, it's essentially a pail, like a little red tin pail. And I, uh, that I, I think I got as a Christmas decoration or something, mm-hmm. somebody put like candy or whatever. And I was like, I like this pail. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kept it and I was like, Hey, I was going to throw this away, but now I'll just cram all my pens and stuff in it. We'll just throw that over there. And I got one of those two tier organizers that's supposed to be an inbox. No, it's not Brianna. It's where I have my deodorant. And I mean, these are, a, it's got deodorant, ibuprofen. I'm looking at it right now. The rags that I wipe off my little magnetic thingies, but it doesn't matter. I think it's got my gua sha thing that I bought. It's got a notebook. <laughs> Uh, the Avon um, pore cleanser thing that I got, if you remember. Cole face mask, rather. Mm-hmm. All of that is on this thing. Um, and I know it's there. And it doesn't look that untidy. Um, but it's better than it was. And, and that's good enough for me. And I think the problem that I had before was... I felt like a failure when I couldn't make something work. And what's really helped me is just adopting an experimental style. And so when I go out and I seek advice and I do seek advice and I do seek solutions, I just like your grandma, take little pieces and make it mine and apply whether or not this is going to work for me. Because one of the problems that I've found 
is, and it's not just a matter of what it works for me. There's this whole weird thing also where other people get in the way of your change. Like if only so-and-so wouldn't be moving my stuff around, or if only mm. I wasn't going to get interrupted, or if only these people would act right, then I could do what I've got to do. Um, and Byron Katie once said, and I loved it, <laughs> you can argue with reality, uh, but you'll only be wrong 100% of the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. And me getting caught up on how other people are going to be and what other people need to do so then I can do is a losing proposition. I've got to start with what is. What is, is, except the things I cannot change and work my solution around that. Because if 95% of the time I don't get uninterrupted time, then I either have to find a way to be in a totally different environment because I require it, or I'm going to have to find a way to work in smaller pockets of time or learn to, to create some uninterrupted time for myself um, because that is what exists. And I think a lot of people create their plans and systems for change in a hypothetical universe that they do not live in. Uh, and it doesn't work. Hmm. That's yes, absolutely. I, I really appreciate you, um, uh, kind of highlighting your highlighting the way you're approaching this as, as an experiment, right? It's that it, it is that sense of, I'm looking at this as I really hope this works out. And if it doesn't, that's information and I'm going to keep moving. And I, and, and then coming up to, again, that sense of like, what's going to work for me when we talked about the, <laughs> you shared when you first shared however long ago, the, I, that um, macro versus micro organizing, I swear it was like, Oh, what a relief. <laughs> Thank goodness. I mean, I got bins all day long. So if I can just put it in a big bin and I, great, this is, this is going to be beautiful. And it just, again, finding the thing that works for me or, you know, in general, finding that thing that works, it's just such a, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, it's such a load off. And then I can spend my time and my energy and my focus, you know, on, on, on other things or other, uh, other opportunities to make change rather than getting all caught up in my head about these things that, that aren't working, but honestly, they probably never were going to work because I'm not that kind of person. So I love that idea of like, it's an experiment and you try, uh, and, and you use the word experiment and, you know, we were talking uh, over this last week, I feel like I've come to a new sort of sense for myself of um, I'm using, you know, the phrase that's helped me is explorer. <laughs> like just coming into this, looking at it from a from a sense of exploration, which I feel like, again, lack of better phrase, takes a load off because you don't have to necessarily know where you're going. I mean, I think you have to have a general sense of this is what I'd like to have happen. But for me, using coming at it from a sense of exploration or being an explorer just means, well, I just need to make it to this next port <laughs> and we'll figure it out from there. And as part of that, this new perspective that I'm taking, I feel like the other piece that has really been helpful or that I'm recognizing has really been helpful in making you know, making positive change has been uh, having a plan. And it, you know, I know for some folks, 
having all the steps is really helpful, that can be a little bit overwhelming for me. So I just, you know, I, I don't get too granular with a plan, but I definitely know I need to have some sense of, okay, this is the, this is where I, where I'm trying to get to. And here are a couple things I'm going to try to see if I can get there that, you know, to see if it's going to help me get there. So if it is, you know, I just, um, I just started school. Uh, so I'm working full time and I just started school and those first couple of weeks were very overwhelming because I was trying to like mentally just keep track of everything. And I, cause that's just how I used to do it. Like that's how I grew up doing school. Right. Obviously I'm a little older. I've got other things going on and um, you know, there's just more stuff in my brain. Uh, so that's not working. So I had to figure out, okay, I've got to, I've got to actually plan this out. And I know for some people who've been doing this the whole time, they're like, well, no duh. But for me, it's like, it, it was a, it was just new concept and, and I'm not going to, I'm not willing to keep wasting time being stressed out because I haven't, made a plan that's going to help me succeed. I just, I feel like I have, you know, as a young person, I did very well at winging it. <laughs> like I could wing it, no problem. Uh, but, you know, I just, that's just not working anymore. And so I have to take that information and explore some new options. And so one of the things is, you know, just getting everything written down and thinking about, okay, this is my first, you know, this is my first um, sort of first draft of what this plan is going to look like for this week. And as I get into the week, then if it's working, great, perfect, wonderful. Uh, and if it's not, then I figure out again, that sense of I figure out what's not working and then I make those tweaks. But that plan, uh, recognizing, I guess, coming to understand that I have to have a plan. I can no longer wing it because that just puts so much extra unnecessary stress and nonsense into what's already a little bit overwhelming. And I'm just not willing to do that anymore. So I'm really grateful for you and really appreciate you talking about, you know, that sense of experimentation and for, you know, coming into that sense of I'm exploring this. And, and with exploration, there's just all, for me, there's just already a sense of excitement then on everything. If I'm just exploring it, who knows what could happen? And that to me is just, oh my goodness, that's so exciting. Yes. It's, I love that you brought up a plan because I love to make a plan. Executing a plan, not the favorite part that I have. I love to make a plan. Mm -hmm. And what I found very interesting is that when I did the Clifton Strengths, I'm I'm a high planner. Like I can make a lot of really strategic plans, right? I'm number two strategic, one for futuristic, two strategic. My sister, on the other hand, high on executing, but she doesn't always know what to do next. So if you're one of those people who can't make a plan, trust me, there is someone in your life or you can find someone who's an expert and they will help you brainstorm a plan. The key is to get one from somewhere. One of the things recently that I thought was hilarious is uh, I have a side hustle while I'm building my publishing company. And one of my clients is a bodybuilder. And I brought up that I'm you know, working on my food or whatever. And he was like, um, so what's your meal plan? And I was like, um, uh, I don't have one. <laughs> and basically he was like, are you telling me you're freestyling every meal 
every day. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like, uh, ooh. Yeah, and he's like, your grocery bill must be high. And how are you? He's like, when you have a book, do you just like freestyle all the marketing or freestyle the whole book? And I said, I, I, I freestyle a lot of the book. And he's like, but you've got some idea of how. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And he's like, he's like, you don't have to plan every, but you've got to, I mean, that's no wonder it's it's hard, right? It's a lot harder the way you're doing it. But I was just like when he said, are you telling me you freestyle every meal every day? I was like, now keep in mind, I tried to, I did a meal plan like one week, Brianna, I haven't done it since. But <laughs> um, now you and I are uh, planning each week, you know, what days we're going to do fasting together as a team. And I'm coming up with a plan at least for when I'm not eating, like yeah. to try and not snack. That's how I'm like, like sidestepping into it but now i realize oh yeah that's um that's kind of ridiculous like you know what i'm saying like, i just never just the incredulous like so you're freestyling every meal every day I'm like, oh oh i see yes yes and then i wonder why um especially for me i have um blood sugar issues right uh and so if i'm not watching it I'll just randomly tank my whole life because remember there was a day when we were fasting, literally this week, Brianna, I did not plan this out. I, I had like 20 different ideas. <laughs> and oh. one of the ideas was, you know, if you work out in a fasted state, you, um, you burn more. And so we were doing like a little 24 hour fast. Right. And I'd been fasting for like 16 or 17 hours. Don't remember what I ate beforehand. That would have been vital for me to remember because especially if I had something really sugary, that would have been bad news for me. Uh, and I thought, I'll just get on the treadmill for a quick 10 minutes because that helps me focus. But I have a tendency, if a little bit is good, why not have more? You know what I mean? Which is why the food is an issue. It's why a lot of things have been an issue. <laughs> but we'll, we'll keep going. <laughs> Brianna? I decided I'd got to go faster, better, harder. Also, I was in a challenge with a friend of mine and I wanted to win. And <laughs> I worked out until I had like what is yet another one in a series of like reactive hypoglycemic fits mm -hmm. where I was lethargic for a good like 30 or 40 hours, which wrecked all of my other plans. Just because in that minute, I made a weird choice without thinking that through. And so I'm starting to see that if I'm going to get healthy, I need to make a plan for that because not doing it can derail a lot of my other plans. Mm -hmm. And it's hilarious. And it's an exciting opportunity um, for me to, um, you know, uh, get some advice get some help, get some support, and uh, make a plan, which I love to do. And then see how I follow that plan in an experiment, because that is, I require, in order to do things, a lot of support and accountability. And I have to accept that about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I have a yeah. lot of judgment about that. Did you notice I just stopped talking? I was going to say, I was going to talk a lot of smack about myself, but no, I'm not, I don't do that anymore. I just mm -hmm. need a lot of support. And that is, in the words of Stuart Smalley, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful opportunity to just roll through and, and be really up on that self-awareness and acceptance. I think that is awesome. And I will say when, you know, it is, you know, I'm going to bring it back to, I, I promise I'll get there, but I just want to say how, how um, 
you know, when we're talking about identifying what works for us is, you know, for me, and, and I know for you too, it's been this buddy system situation and having someone who is not only supportive um, and, and can be there as that accountability partner, but uh, also someone who you can just laugh with when things happen. Not that the hypoglycemic thing was funny. I'm not saying it that. was hilarious. <laughs> After after way after um <laughs> yeah uh, yeah about an hour into realizing what i'd done did to myself yeah it was weird yeah maybe that yeah. was just the blood sugar talking i don't know it was right it was devastating and hilarious all at once i had a lot I, of feelings yeah and i can tell you because we've been working on some of these things together when i you know watched that message that you sent me all about that in the polo as soon as you said and i was feeling great i was like uh oh <laughs> I can see where this is going. Okay. Yep. That's <laughs> so, exactly what the bodybuilder said. Oh, I don't like where this is going. Yeah. He doesn't even know me that well, but he knows me. Yeah. Consistent. Mm-hmm. So it's it is so, you know, of course we, you know, we're making these positive changes and, and we're taking we're taking our self-awareness and we're taking responsibility for ourselves and we're doing all these great things. And it can be so helpful and fun to be, you know, to have someone or someone's uh, to be doing this with, because it can, it, it just, it just can make it, uh, it just, it just can make the whole experience better and then help us along the way. And I think what is, <laughs> great about what you shared is again how how much self recognition came out of that so now you really have it like in the like not that you didn't have it before right but maybe it's been a while since your last uh hypoglycemic event um but now you have it and it feels like that thing that's always going to be there to inform your next steps and i think coming back to talking about the plan you know, I need a plan because I can no longer wing it or you kind of just do things willy nilly. But I also, what has helped me having a plan, as you have just talked about, is knowing when, being able to say, well, I, I did the thing that's on the plan. This is good enough. And and I think because I too have done the thing where you like push yourself and, and actually we talked about it where, you know, I had my physical therapist tell me as you're starting to do this thing, as you're starting to, um, you know, do these exercises, don't push it. Like you can go to fatigue and maybe a little bit before, but don't push it because then you're going to be down for like two days, three days, whatever, because in my, I have the same thing where you're just like, well, I mean, if I can do 15, surely I can do 30. <laughs> you know? and, then, and then it's just, I could, I maybe I did, but now I can't do anything else for two days. So coming, bringing it back, uh, coming back to that, what a plan can do is not only give uh, focus, but, you know, if you if you have tendencies towards pushing it a little too far, uh, the plan can help us, can help say, oh, you've, you've hit your goal. You've done the thing. You've completed the step. It's okay. It's, you know, this can be good enough. It doesn't have to be 
more. And I definitely need that because I, you know, have a tendency to feel like I need to constantly be doing something and that I need to, that I need to be doing it like the best, the the bestest or, you know, the most perfectly, or I, I can't, I'm not articulating it well, but the plan helps focus and the plan helps me keep, um, you know what I'll say the plan helps me set boundaries that allow me to actually be more consistent. Yes. And I think boundaries is a really interesting thing because for a long time in my life, what held me back from making some positive changes was the, the way I viewed relationships in my life and a lot of my codependent tendencies. So what would happen would be I would have this plan for myself and then somebody would call because they needed me or I would get an opportunity to go and do something. And then I would, I would be dating a guy, right. And I'd have all these plans to do my laundry and he'd say something. And this is a really interesting, I actually was working at a job and a younger woman was like, I went over his house. Cause he was like, Oh yeah, it'd be fun to have you here. And all I was like, Oh, you don't even have to tell me when you got over there. If you have a guy that's of a certain age, you'll get over there to hang out. And actually what he wants to do is just play video games while you sit there And you're not even like interacting or the older guy version of that is they just kind of wander their home or their apartment rummaging through their stuff. And (laughs) you gave up doing your laundry or doing whatever. And now you're, because when it took me a long time to realize that when some men say they would like to hang out, they literally just mean, have you in their vicinity? Mm -hmm. I've actually gone out with, I remember the first time I went out with my boss, Sal from B. Dalton. He's like, come hang out with us. And all they did was sit at a bar next to each other and watch the TV. And I was like, are you guys going to play darts or talk to each other? Or they're like, "Uh, no, this is just what we do. I was like, you just sit next to each other and watch TV. Like, uh, and apparently that is like a thing of how some dudes operate. So my point being, you've got to get good at those boundaries on, clarifying what you're signing up for when you get into things with other people. Uh, And if you're me and you have a hard time, you catch yourself attending to everybody else's problems instead of your own there, like there's ways that you can get support for that. You can, one of the things I used to hate when I was in my twenties, Brianna, but this is before we met. uh, And keep in mind that you and I met because you came up to me and suggested we did something right. Mm -hmm. Cause I, you know, was always kind of a loner. I mean, I could get along with people, but I was, like a little bit alone is when people are like get support buddy system. If you're like me and you're out there listening, like buddy, where <laughs> all of my friends don't want to do any of this. And I have tried, I have tried to set up so many accountability groups, Brianna. It has all fallen to pieces. Here are some things you can do to get things. There are discord groups that are free that you can join. Look them up on the internet. There are Reddit groups. Like I think there's an actual Reddit for accountability. You can go there. I just signed up with a company because I got tired of just trying to finagle people to do it for free and went, forget it. I went to a company called Shelpful. I'm not a shill for them. I literally just started two days ago. They assigned me to a group. I pay $30 a month and we all are doing side hustles and whatnot. And we just like text each other. We're going to get this done by this time. Or we're trying to do these two or three things. And there's an actual, like they call them a shelper. 
that goes in and uh, encourages us to get it done throughout the day in text messages. And listen, I'm sure that there may be, I'm not sure, my brain conjures up invisible people that are saying, really, you need that to do your laundry? You know, I don't <laughs> I don't know why I invented visible people who are judging me harshly, Brianna, but I'm casting that aside. But if you cannot find support in your immediate friend circle, think of a friend that maybe you know from like 15 years ago at a job and call her out of the blue two years later and start a podcast. It's something. Um, go online and find some people. Um, for me, when I really needed help in areas of... Um, like relationships, uh, there is like Codependence Anonymous, there's Al-Anon, there's Clutterers Anonymous exists, there's even Procrastinators Anonymous. I've done several online meetings with people in Australia um, in all kinds of different support groups. So help is out there. Um, and maybe make a list of people uh, and start to think, who who would be good at this? And put it out there and give it a try. Because I do find that for me particularly, support is everything. And it elevates change in a way that makes it way more fun and also reminds me to have a better attitude toward my experimentation uh, mm -hmm. where I'd normally call it failure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and when you were talking about that, that's exactly where my mind went to it makes it more fun. And then when it doesn't quite work out, there is somewhere to go with that. And there's somewhere to really talk about that. Not in that, you know, what I've experienced is not in that way that's, you know, putting on more kind of self-recrimination or, or, you know, trying to make myself feel bad, but really to talk it out and, and, and say, okay, well, this is what happened. And this is what I tried. And I think maybe it was because of this to really like, not just uh, complain about or kind of, you know, worry over why it didn't work, but to really work through it so that you can get, again, let me talk for myself so that I can get to what will work so I can explore that next option or that next opportunity. And I, yes, I just, Thank you for, for giving all of those options because uh, sometimes we have to try, you know, sometimes our first try, second try, or third try uh, doesn't doesn't always work to find that, that buddy or to find that group or that support. So I appreciate you sharing. Um, I appreciate you sharing all of those options. And I feel like one, you know, kind of one final thought that I, that has come to me as we're talking about this and this making this positive change um, that is that is a little bit new but I'm I'm looking forward to exploring more is asking um, asking the question for myself asking the question what's missing I feel like sometimes I get so focused on an outcome or so focused, like I'm going to definitely do this one thing that I don't necessarily look, look, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't necessarily, I don't accurately identify my resources or, or what I have available to me. Um, and I, and so this new question kind of came into my awareness through some of the stuff I'm reading for school, uh, but it just, it is this idea of like looking at, okay, I've got all this stuff, but 
and not in a negative way, but just to say, what's missing or is there anything missing or what could potentially even taking it a step further to say, what can trip me up on my way? So you and I have talked about it um, as, you know, we, um, you know, we sometimes we get together and we set kind of weekly goals for ourselves. And in that it's, okay, I want to, you know, this week, you know, for me this week, it's going to be then over the next couple of weeks, actually, it's going to be working on getting more sleep and having a more consistent sleep schedule. Uh, And I've identified, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But you know, what I haven't done is, is really looked at, okay, what in this time frame, what is it that could trip me up? And now that I'm talking about it out loud, I recognize, I think I need to you know, I need to make that list. Not to say that I'm not going to do any of those things or that none of those things are going to crop up. But if I've made the list and I'm aware of what could happen, I feel like when that comes up, then I'm much more, I'll be much more ready for and or prepared to handle it. Thereby, I hope, uh, you know, being more likely to be successful in whatever goals that I've, you know, in the goals that I've set for myself. Absolutely. Because I think when you go about making a positive change in your life, there's a lot of ups and downs and feelings and thoughts about it. And I do think that one of the ways, one of the ways I've been most effective is I ask myself exactly like where, where is the pain point here? And how can I alleviate that? Also, what is the minimal amount of beginning action that can propel me forward? That's the people who remember to put their gym clothes out by the door. Or mm. for me, uh, what I started to do to keep me more on top of my weight is I just started a habit of weighing myself every day to sort of divorce myself from the emotion of that, but also keep me grounded in the reality because I am the kind of person who can gain 20 pounds in a year and not even notice that it happened until I step on a scale. And then I'm stunned, Brianna. Now, despite the fact that I've been eating like Big Macs or whatever it is that particular year, but there was a year in my life where I gained 20 pounds and um, I was astonished. (laughs) And there were so many clues, Brianna, um, you know, that I'm only able to wear two pairs of pants now. You know, there's a lot of, (laughs) there were a lot of clues. So I just wanted to monitor that. And also it was something easy. And I had an app on my phone that was tracking my progress. And so if you can find the thing where you can actually track what's happening, because there's my idea of what's happening, which is intermittently overly optimistic and then overly pessimistic. So -hmm. when you're trying out different ways to make things work, put in some way to measure what's happening. Like something like a, not necessarily always a scale, but maybe a pair of pants or maybe, um, you know, rating yourself every night going, is my desk clean? Is it not? Did I didn't do it this night? A little mark on a calendar, an app on your phone. I love apps because it gamifies things. I'm one of those people who love that. Um, But if you're a pen and paper person, then go pen and paper. Um, But find a way to monitor what you're doing because that allows you to see what parts of the plans are truly working and also monitor your moods um, because that has been a big deal for me. 
like I've got to realize that there are ways for me to make things more fun. And one of the ways for me is to tell myself a better story about what I'm doing. I used to have this weird thing that when I was investing in myself, what I was really doing is just goofing off and avoiding the real work Mm. and figuring out what works for you to get a goal attained, like figuring out my, um, you know, figuring out my workflow for plotting a book and figuring out what it takes for me to finish a book and figuring out that I do need accountability on an hourly basis sometimes is not me goofing off or making excuses. And I used to say that, you know, I used to just be like, just write the book already. You know, you've written, and, and yes, I did write some books that way, Brianna, but I didn't get to enjoy the book as much. And I didn't write them as fast and I wasn't as happy while I was writing it. And so when they do say things like, it's about the journey, ask yourself some key questions. Which way can I make this less painful? Is there a way that I can actually make this change fun? How can I monitor my progress? How am I going to revise my plan? And how am I going to elevate this, this attempt at change as something that is truly heroic And literally life-changing, even Mm -hmm. if it's just drinking more water, it is life-changing. Each change that you make and the more positive changes you make, the more you believe that you can do that, the more empowered you feel. So little victories all the time and noticing them and recognizing that you've done them and celebrating each of them can lead you to understand that the person you dreamed of being is the person who you truly are and it's the person you get to be as you make each change. Hmm. I think that is fantastic. And, you know, you've given a lot of wonderful, they're not really reminders, but you've given a lot of wonderful opportunities for people to kind of really dig into and take what's going to work for them, right? Take what's going to work for them and uh, roll that into whatever their plan is, whatever their outlook is, perspective on making these positive changes. And I, you know, I just think that's great. And I will make kind of one final plug is don't forget about setting your expectations and setting them positive, you know, setting those positive expectations that whatever you're going to do, um, you know, that what you're going to do is going to work out in some way. And maybe that some way is, it didn't necessarily work out the way I thought, but I tweaked it and then I did something differently. But to call back to our episode from a couple of weeks ago, um, working on changing my expectations for how something is going to go or setting, actually setting a positive expectation that this is going to work out or that I'm going to be able to do this has, has been helpful in just, you know, even in these last couple of weeks as opportunities come to me has been really helpful in seeing opportunity for change and then grab, you know, grabbing it. And even in these, in this short period, in these last couple of weeks, taking some, um, making some rather uh, positive changes to my life. And it's, these are things that I feel like they're small, uh, but they're, I've been successful and they are here to stay. And I'm really, really excited about that. I love that. And that perfectly brings us into this 
podcast mission. And this week, we want you to identify one positive change you want to make in your life and then just brainstorm the steps to a plan that will help you make it. And we would love to hear from you and your plan, anything. And now it's easier than ever to connect with us. Go to Positive View Podcast. That's Positive View, V-I-E-W, podcast. And click on the message icon and you can leave us a voicemail. Yes. And don't forget, new episodes come out every other Monday. And if you can, please take a moment to follow and rate the podcast because we would love to hear from you and it helps more people to find us. Also, if you're enjoying the Positive View podcast, share us with your friends. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Brianna G. And I'm your other host, Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon. Thank you.